You're listening to The 21 Day Pursuit, a daily journey toward the heart of God. We believe that no other goal or pursuit will satisfy if not born of loving and being loved by Jesus. So welcome to The Pursuit. everybody. Welcome to day 20 of the 21 Day Pursuit podcast, where we pursue the heart of God. My name is Allie, and joining me today, I have Lindsay. Hey. And I also have Mike Mylan here with us. Hey, everybody. So we have another special guest. You guys will be able to follow along in our show notes um, to see the devotional that kind of pairs with our podcast today. And Mike is actually the author of it. He did a really great job. So not to, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> not to totally put you on the spot, but highly recommend you guys kind of following, following along with that today. I can't believe that this is literally the second to last day of this podcast. Wow. And of That's, the pursuit. Yeah. And if you're still here, you made it. You made you're it. Almost there. Way to go. We have one more day. Um, so be sure to follow along with us. But today we're going to continue to dig into the pillar of hope. So as Christians, we believe that Jesus is our only hope. Um, those of you that are believers, you've probably heard it talked about time and time again from the, pul- from the pulpit in podcasts um, and many other forms of media that you consume. Everyone's constantly talking about how Jesus is our only hope. And I think sometimes we talk about it almost too casually. Would you guys kind of agree with yeah. that? Or we just have no idea what we're actually meaning when we say it. Exactly. It's just kind of something we say. It's just kind of something we say. And that, it's a little disheartening to me. Um, Mike does a great job talking about hope in his devotional too, and honestly paints it in a little bit of a different light. So... I'm really excited to dig into this today. We are going to attempt to take 15 to 20 minutes and dig into some not super deep theology, but just the logistics of why Jesus is our only hope. So I thought it would be awesome if we kind of broke it down into five different areas. We're going to talk about the who, what, the when and where, and the how, and the why. I think I put them in opposite order, <laughs> but we're just going to go with it because you guys are probably picking up what I'm putting down here. Um, but we're going to start with the who. So the who in all of this is Jesus. Jesus is our only hope. He was sent into the world as a baby. We see him growing up as the sinless, spotless lamb of God. So this means And Bethany Bachman actually talked about this a little bit in day four, but Jesus lived a normal life. He was a stinky teenager. He had friends. Eventually, he had a job. He was a carpenter. He was a hard worker, but he lived a sinless life. He was perfect. He was God incarnate. And then he dies a terrible, gruesome death on a cross. We see him as the suffering servant. And eventually, we know that he rises again and will come back again as our conquering king. So I think when we think about the who, we'll often kind of go into the whole John 3.16 gospel message. Um, and I, I love that. I'm pretty sure I had multiple pieces of jewelry as a young purity <laughs> culture teenager yep. that had John 3.16 on them because I thought that that was really just setting my faith in stone. Uh, but I think one of the problems with kind of stopping at that verse is because we can fall into the whole I'm saved, period, trap. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not a good place for us to be if we want to continue to grow and actually understand why we believe what we believe, why we believe that Jesus is our only hope. I wanted to share Philippians 2, verse 6 through 11 with you guys. I think it paints an awesome picture of who Jesus was and is. And it reads, Who being in very nature God, this is Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue Confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there are a lot of different layers in this passage, but I think it just serves as a really simple, awesome reminder for us that Jesus was human, that he was also completely holy and perfect. And we're even reminded in Hebrews 4 that because of him and his humanity and also because of him in his in his godliness and his holiness, we can approach the the throne of grace with full confidence that we will receive mercy. Um, So that's a little bit about the who, but now I kind of want to move into the what behind the hope that we have. Um, The what being that Jesus is our only hope for justification and forgiveness and some of these other big words that we don't always kind of tap into what they mean. <laughs> yeah, we'll kind of say them, but we don't know. Ah, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. justification. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, when we talk about the what, like Jesus is our only hope, and what is he giving us, like what is our hope in, is huge. And it is like a gemstone, and when we think about salvation, there's, when you look at a gemstone, you hold it up in the light. Mm-hmm. If you kind of turn it around, you're seeing different facets. Yeah. And all of those facets contribute to the beauty and the wonder of that gemstone. And I think that's salvation as you go through Scripture. You see different facets. One of the big ones that we see, and we know, like, we've sinned, and it's our sin that separated us from God. Mm-hmm. It's our sin that separated us even from one another. It's our sin and our brokenness that brought disease and war. And I mean, that's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed <laughs> up. Our situation's pretty dire. <laughs> um, but one of the ba- the first thing, especially Paul emphasizes this, is justification. So if we look at uh, justification, it's actually a legal term. It comes from the legal world. And it is this that we have sinned. We are. We know we've done it. We confess that we've mm-hmm. done it. Everybody knows. The judge says you've done it. And it was this term in the New Testament times when you're justified. It's this public declaration that when the time for sentencing comes, mm-hmm. that instead of saying you're now the declaration of what you've done is based on it's your works. It's all on your shoulders. It's all on your shoulders. Jesus steps in. It's like he's sitting in the witness stand, and they actually judge our behavior on Jesus's works. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he takes, not kind of, he takes it for us. And it's not just a secret thing. It is a public yeah, declaration of our righteousness, that we're fully right, fully in conformity with the law, fully everything we've ever done, past, present, or future, has been made right. Yeah, And that's 
Amazing. Amazing. That is really amazing. And that Maybe beca- press pause and let the weight of that sink in. Yeah, and that's why it's so important of who Jesus is. Exactly. Because if Jesus stepped in there and said, you know, okay, Judge Lindsay, mm-hmm. Judge Ali, Judge Mike, based on my works, but Jesus wasn't mm-hmm. fully God as well as fully man. And so as his humanity identify with us in our humanity, mm-hmm. but as God mm-hmm. lived the perfect life, yep. then the this the public declaration would still be guilty. Yep. But it is it's a it's a full full conformity. And so because of this, we now can live free lives to be back in freedom in relationship to God. Mm. We receive full relationship, but everything that was lost in our guilt, God is going to restore to us yeah. and is restoring. And we can live in relationship with others. That's so good. And we are we're back. God is restoring everything that was lost and it is through that gateway of mm-hmm. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So we're fully forgiven, yeah. completely and totally. But I think sometimes we just, we're like forgiven, and then we think like, oh, that's the whole gospel. It's just that you're forgiven. Exactly. It ends there. I'm it good. ends there. I, I, I got a big problem life. with that, and yeah. it's not because I don't love forgiveness. <laughs> I love forgiveness. It's huge. Yeah. But it doesn't end there. And I think sometimes as Christians, that's the whole gospel to us. Well, blank slate, you're forgiven, so just carry on. no. That's actually a very flat, like one-dimensional version of the gospel. The gospel is 3D. We are forgiven, so therefore Mm -hmm. we are restored. Therefore we are back with God. Therefore we have peace. Therefore we can have right relationships with others. Therefore we have this promise of all these things restored to us. It's not just you're forgiven and then there's nothing after that. The forgiveness is a gateway to a, a wonderful Disneyland, <laughs> right? It's back yeah. to Eden. We're going back. Yeah, we're going forward to a fully right relationship. Our even this earth mm-hmm. is going to be restored again. And Dallas Willard says this. He says the gospel is the good news of the presence and availability of life in the kingdom mm. now and forever through reliance on Jesus, the Anointed One. And I love that because it's not just Dallas. I mean, not just. It sounds, I don't want to minimize. We're being made right relationship with God, but we're back in full availability of Jesus as King, and everything mm-hmm. in His kingdom is now going to be restored to us. That's the why, and it's amazing. And so. even to put it in 21st century terms, too, like it makes me think about there are probably so many people listening to this that have been through a super awkward, like, you just messed up big time. Yeah. When you were a kid, and maybe you just, you remember there was that one teacher who just called you out in front of everyone and they made you feel like you were the scum of the earth. Like, how could you make this big mistake? Or maybe you had a really difficult relationship like that with your parents. I don't, I don't know what the case is for you, but you just think of this shame and this guilt and this blame of someone calling you out and being like, you are just the most broken sham of a human. Yeah. And that's not what he says when he looks at us. He steps in and he says, let me take that on. I have made right what you have made so wrong. Because we are valuable to him. Because we're valuable. Yeah. That's so good. good. And it it makes me think too, Lindsay, as you were wrapping up there, it's kind of what Mike's going to be talking about next, is that because of all this and the gospel message, not just ending at, oh, you're saved, the end, you can go on living your life. But we actually have access to him, to Jesus now. 
And that kind of ties into the when and where of the hope of our eternity and just the whole sanctification process of what God is trying to work out in us. So, Mike, if you'd want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, when I think about the hope of eternity, you think of something long into the future. You know, we're going to stand, we'll, we'll all face that judgment day, and, and we're going to have that right standing. But it's way more than that, like you guys were saying, um, that that it's how we experience life today. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus promised abundant life. And so we know we live in a broken world. Everybody faces, you know, all kinds of challenges and um, all kinds of evil, natural evil, mm-hmm. things that people choose. But in that, like we experience the sanctification, which is another one of those big words, right? Yeah. Um, which means to to set apart for a special use or purpose. Like that's what Jesus has in store for us, mm. not just in eternity, but as we walk through our days. Um, I, I talked to my devotional a little bit about my dad's life and, mm-hmm. and how it ended, but... He was always looking towards heaven. He perhaps today was one of the phrases that that he would say and, oh, and would wow. think about. Like he was just wow. had eternity on his mind That's all the really time. Cool. Um, but it affected how how he lived in his days. And um, the verse in Philippians you, you mentioned about how Jesus um, gave his life. One of the versions says he emptied himself. And mm-hmm. I think about my dad's life, like he emptied himself into other people, and that's how we experience that kind of when and where we bring a piece of eternity with us in all of our interactions with other people. Mm. And, um, you know, my dad was a great example of that, emptying himself for others. And and I think we can all try to um, just walk that out in how we love people, how we, how we bring that eternity into our experience here on earth. Absolutely. Perhaps today, that's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if any of you got that, but I may consider getting that tattooed on myself. <laughs> New tattoo ideas. New tattoo ideas 101. Yeah, Pursuit Podcast application. Pursuit Podcast. Check our uh, tattoos show notes. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I think that's that's so beautiful when you're able to... I feel like that's something that legitimately only takes time and serious growth in your maturity and in your faith to be able to say something like that and actually mean it. And how that would reorientate your world in an instant culture yeah, and in a temporary culture to have your eyes on this other kingdom that is just as real mm-hmm. and be looking forward to that. But I love bringing that into the yeah. now mm-hmm. and how that reorientates yeah. everything perhaps today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So So to tie that into the why, um, I think all of scripture points to the why behind all of this. Why is Jesus our hope? Why does he want to be our hope? What does that mean? I think so much of it, if not literally all of it in the meta narrative of scripture points to the fact that he loves us and he wants to be with us. He is not a God that just sits in the sky and has a rule book of history and bullet points of things that he, want us to, he wants us to accomplish for the sake of doing it. He is a personal God. It's a huge part of the reason why he literally came to be with us in human form. Um, and he sent his spirit in the meantime. He sent his Holy Spirit to us as a helper. Um, I think of Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. It talks about the spirit of Christ within us, how that's the deposit that literally guarantees 
the inheritance that we have in heaven. And it says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. And this is the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We've been tattooed. We have been tattooed. <laughs> it fits. That's it so is. true. It's like God and the Holy Spirit is God. He's putting himself, he's yeah. marking us, sealing us. It's permanent. He's going to carry us through. Yeah, yeah, he really has. And his his presence guarantees. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful reminder of this guarantee of of our salvation. And not only is it that reminder and guarantee, but the Holy Spirit has been sent as a helper to guide us, to lead us through just the things that we face in this really broken world to be a comforter to us, to give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we read in his word too that he will continue to work in us and until he's finished perfecting us and we can walk in, in full glory and full perfection in the redemption of our bodies. And that's something that we will actually be able to see come to fruition in heaven. And I, I think that's really, really cool. I also think of Romans 8. It's uh, verse 26 or 27, and we read, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Why does He help us? <laughs> because He loves us. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I know I have prayed many wordless groans in my life. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So we can hope in Jesus because he has our best interests at heart. He didn't just leave us here to suffer through life, to go through our, our journey of faith, of being a disciple and a follower of Christ and having to figure it all out on our own. He's given us so much goodness in his word, so many tools. Um, and I think that just points to the hope that we have in him, that he's a God who sees and cares, and we can fully rely on him to to carry us through until we see him face to face. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so now I kind of want to wrap us up with going into the how. So you guys have heard all of these theological points of the who, the what, the when and where, the why, but I would love to talk about if you believe these things, say there's somebody that's listening that's kind of on the fence about all this stuff, and maybe you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I, I could believe, maybe I could follow, or maybe I could rededicate my life, I've been far off, or, you know, the list goes on and on. But once you have all this practical information, I kind of want to talk about what people should do with it. So what is the how behind the hope? You have the hope, and then what, what do you do with it? <sighs> this is the easiest and hardest part of all. I know. <laughs> yeah. You just get tattoos. <laughs> you just get tattoos. We've got a theology of tattoos yeah. today. <laughs> I think, yeah, when we think of the how, uh, Paul is really clear on this, and I, I think of we are reversing, all of Scripture goes back to Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. And in Genesis 1 and 2, it was humanity living under the kingship of God, just saying, putting their trust in God and saying, he's in charge, I'm following him. Mm -hmm. And Genesis 3 is that, nope, I'm in charge, I'm going to go my own way. (laughs) 
And you can go your own way. <laughs> go your own way. But don't do that because life will suck. Because <laughs> life will suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and Paul talks about this in Romans 10 and I think he was thinking of Genesis 3 where we are rejecting what they did in Genesis 3 which is they went their own way. Yeah. God didn't really say that. I I actually have other plans. I want to do this my own way. And the same how we got ourselves into this mess is how we get ourselves out mm. is taking that trust in ourselves that I'm going to go my own way and placing that back onto the rightful king. And that's Jesus. Paul says it in Romans 10, he says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. That he's the one that has the resurrection power. He raised up Jesus. Mm -hmm. We have forgiveness through him and we're going to get eternal life, resurrection through him. When I die, it's not going to be dead. It's yeah. just going to be a seed buried in the ground. Yeah. I'm going to raise up again. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe you're justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. So good. And that's, that's what we do. And I yeah. think for people that are on the fence, it's that simple, but it's that hard. Yeah. Because we are making a declaration, I'm not going to be king of my own life or Lord of my own life, I'm going to place, and I can't save myself no matter Mm -hmm. what I do. I cannot live that perfect life. I'm going to place my faith and my trust, really. Mm -hmm. My trust in Jesus, my trust in what he did is going to be, has been done on my behalf, and I'm going to follow him. Yeah. He's going to be Lord of my life. And I think, though, if if you are saved, this is something that never, we never stop professing. Mm -hmm. That's good. And my husband says something that I always think is so good. He says that we need to look in the mirror and preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And I think that's, if you're listening and you're like, okay, I did that last year or many years ago, this is something that we keep preaching to ourselves every day. We keep professing Mm -hmm. and keep saying, Jesus, your Lord, I put my trust in you. It's your work that's done, not my work. It's I put my faith in you. It's your faithfulness to me. Mm. It's your gifts. It's your ability to raise me from the dead. Mm. All those things that we get from him every day, whatever part of the gospel we need to hear, man, today, preach. Maybe you need preach to look in to the yourself. mirror yeah. and preach it to yourself because we, we should never stop preaching the gospel to ourselves just like we should never stop preaching the gospel and testifying of his goodness to a watching and listening world. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing. It so, does. Yeah, say so, it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Good. It's so true. Yeah. And sometimes we need to hear it. Yeah. Mike, what would you tell somebody who is like, you know, I've just come to this this new knowledge, this new understanding, and I don't really know where to go from here. How do I practically live th- live this out and use this hope? Yeah, don't make it too complicated. It's. <laughs> I mean, life is a journey and there's a lot of steps, but the first step is... To, to just voice it, say it, um, let it sink into your heart, and, and then take a step. Um, and it's really important to find a community where you can walk together. Um, we're, we're not made to walk through this life alone. And so if this is a, you feel like God's moving on your heart, man, get together with, with some other people on that journey and, and walk through it together. It's always questions, but um, yeah, take a step. That's so good. That's so good. I hope you guys got a lot of really good 
golden nuggets out of this. <laughs> I know that I did. Um, I kind of made this joke earlier as we were preparing to have this discussion together, but this was, was very Romans Road-esque. For those of you that know what I'm talking about, that's awesome. For those of you that don't, totally okay. But I just highly encourage you to really listen to, especially what Mike just said at the end there. But if some of the things that we've been talking about, if it felt like a whirlwind, if it doesn't make sense, there are resources out there. You can reach out to us. You can get into your local community, church, and there are people I know that are out there that would just absolutely love to have the opportunity to disciple you and to help this make sense. You know, what does it mean to have a living hope in Jesus and have that completely transform your life, the way you live, um, the way you view your future and eternity? That can be a really huge, scary thing. And when, when you know Jesus, it, it doesn't have to be. And it actually isn't at all. So let that be an encouragement to you today if, if you feel like that's you. But we just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. And we will see you tomorrow for, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but the final day of our 21-day pursuit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. See you tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. Ooh.